So I got my wish, and I think some of the other members of our podcast that were on last week got their wish with Orange County making quite a few changes to the roster after the uh, implosion against Tulsa uh, a couple weekends ago. Although it did start off great against New Mexico, it uh, sure ended a lot better than the way it started. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. It's a one-two, Godoy, he's found a great ball, and it bolts in plenty of time, he smashes it off and doubles the visitors' lead, Thomas Ennevolson. Now Segbris sprinting forward on the counterattack. A little handsy there, crosses it, Pineda, the extra pass, Seaton finishes! It rolls down to his left and parrying aside. Well taken care of by the Orange County keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal! And it's gone in! An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County off the left boot of Aiden Quinn. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccer cast and on facebook at orange and black soccer cast how's it going orange county welcome to another episode of the orange and black soccer cast the first and only podcast dedicated to orange county soccer club its fans and supporters i'm your host ray samora and i am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things orange county soccer club uh, joining me as he does each and every episode, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how's it going? Oh, it's going. Um, surviving through this week. Oh, it's only Tuesday. I'm trying to survive this week. Trying to survive this week? What? I mean, what's going on? It can't be that hard of a week, can it? Well, I've got some papers due later this week. Um, you know, some some midterms coming up. It's all that fun stuff. That, I guess, can always make it a little difficult when you have some papers for college. Uh, Anyone that goes or has gone to college can probably understand that. I think uh, our other guest we have right here with us, uh, coming back again, he's just setting up shop here with us. We've got uh, Cameron. Cameron, welcome back to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. I'm still retaining my groupie status. Still retaining it. Is that is that why you just keep coming back each and every episode just uh, to find a way to retain that status? Yeah, I feel like I have. I feel like I have to like make some appearances. Like have to. It's yeah. It's just you know just uh got to just got to you got to maintain it. Man, got to maintain it. But weeks the week's been going pretty good. Um, just got accepted into the teaching credential program at Cal State Fullerton for uh, social studies. So I'm excited about that. So as Dylan's preparing, is working on school, I'm going right back into it. So I'm going to be about that life this fall. Well, you so know, you- Cameron, no one ever makes money in education. <laughs> we, do it for, we do it for the money. We, we do it for the fame. Yes. See, and the money, too. So, the so <laughs> education and podcast host uh, sounds like a very similar profession here. Don't make the Support money. Support the welfare, st- welfare state, everyone, because Cameron's going to need it. I get a pension. <laughs> hey, I get a pension too with my job, so that's pretty cool. Um, 
joining on last minute addition to our episode of the podcast here. I reached out to him. He was listening to us on YouTube. I said, hey, do you want to join us uh, for another episode? And he said, sure, why not? We've got a returning one of our writers for our website, Alan Underwood. Alan, welcome back. Thanks. I'm enjoying my uh, spring break with some U.S. men's national team today. I, you know what? To be honest, I didn't even follow the match. I don't even know what happened. You guys will have to educate me on that. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into that as, as we discuss more things. Uh, how was uh, your weekend? I know you had uh, some sort of special thing going on with your band, right, Alan? Yeah, we had festival. All three groups went. Uh, outside of some transportation issues, uh, things went pretty well. Kids did a good job. And uh, now it's two weeks free of students. So it's a lot of catching up on USL games. Wait, you get a two-week spring break? Yeah, yeah it's pretty legit. Two weeks. Uh, yeah. Now we know why Cameron, Cameron tried to get into get education. In, yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure most school districts have a one-week spring break. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm bracing for it. <laughs> can't uh it's not too bad uh, you know anytime you can get a little bit of break in there i know as a teacher you have to sort of manage your money a little bit better because it's sort of you're not working they don't pay you during that period sometimes i don't know how if all districts do that but well they're usually t- teachers usually they're usually 10 month employees usually one until you get tenure yeah until you get tenure but like if you're not getting tenure it's 10 months <laughs> well i know people didn't come on to this to listen to what it takes or what it's like to be an educator in the California school systems. Uh, they've come to hear what we have to say about Orange County Soccer Club and what happened not only this past weekend, but what's coming up. So let's get into the thick of things. Uh, if you missed it, if you didn't get a chance to check out the match, Orange County did play this past weekend. They hosted New Mexico United, one of the new teams in the league, uh, and maybe didn't get off to the greatest start, but it was a strong finish from Orange County to walk away with at least a point in this match. It's one of those matches I talked about, I think in our season preview, Dylan, that New Mexico and El Paso, which is coming up next week, sort of scared me because they're such new teams. Um, although you, some of these players are pretty uh, familiar in the league and the coaches are pretty familiar in the league. It's always difficult to see what the teams are going to put out there, especially you know when they've only played a couple or in New Mexico's case at the time we played them three matches. Uh, Dylan, you were at the match. What are your initial thoughts just, you know, about the whole the match in general and, and how it all played out? And then we'll get into more details uh, in a little bit. Um, I took some notes during the game because I'm a responsible person. This is something that you learn when you're a student, I think, or at least a good student. So let me look at those really quickly. Uh, let me start with the refereeing was the worst I've ever seen. Um, and I'm kind of amazed that it burst a blood vessel in my eye from... Um, treating the refs with dignity and respect as I always do. Um, and, we, and we will get into that. I promise those of you listening, we will get into our discussion. We have to bring back that, uh, that, you know, ref suck segment that we did a lot of last year. We're definitely going to get into this uh, and we'll, we'll take a couple different views from it. Continue on though, Dylan. Um, we basically didn't play the first half. We had like two scoring chances that entire half. Um, it wasn't ideal the first 45 minutes and neither of the teams could really get a rhythm, but especially Orange County couldn't get a rhythm with just random calls and then play being held up. It was really confusing and, and really amateur. Um, and I kind of thought that was going to be 
it for us. But second half came out, and uh, it was a totally different team, especially once Trotter came on. Um, don't know what happened there. I mean, the dude doesn't run quickly. Um, but, wow, he's got that natural <laughs> talent. Like, the, the British boys have that natural talent that is a step above everyone else. Um, and he was calm, and, he I mean, he's obviously pretty big, so he was able to shake off some challenges and we, we looked better. And also Cervantes looked good at the back. I mean, kid had been 17 for two or three days pro debut. What a better, what, a, how else can you celebrate your 17th birthday than, you know, making a professional debut? I've uh, had no birthdays <laughs> that are that good. Um, and, and just, I guess, to totally recap at least the first half of match, which again, we'll get into more details. Uh, I wasn't at the match. I actually had plans with my wife and some friends. So we were out uh, at a, a life. Yes. A life. I was uh, in Costa Mesa at a dueling piano bar. Um, I had texted Dylan cause I was, you know, I'm one of those people, even if I'm out with my wife, she knows I'm going to be checking my phone throughout the night to see the score. Uh, at halftime, I, I, it's, you know, Orange County's down 2 nil. I send a text out to Dylan, what's going on with the game? Uh, I won't repeat the answer completely that Dylan gave me, uh, but basically just basically said, we suck. Uh, and <laughs> I guess anyone that was watching the match at halftime would have probably agreed with you, Dylan, on that uh, at that point. Uh, Cameron, I know you were at the, the match as well. Would you agree with that text that I received from Dylan? There was a word I omitted from there. I'm not going to say it on our podcast, but uh, is would you agree with Dylan's assessment of the first half? Well, it was basically an inverse of last game where we started well in the first half against uh, Tulsa, but then we just petered off in the second half. Well, this game, we just we last game was clearly on their minds. And I think they're just they 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 couldn't string pass together. There was nothing going in the final third. It was all New Mexico. Darwin Jones looked like a lost man up top trying to hold the line. Clearly not his position. And it yeah, it just it took him a while to get out of the gates. And I think those key substitutions, especially Liam Trotter and Sebastian Dupre, helped Orange County move the ball around better. And getting that goal, getting that goal in the 59th minute, helped spark the comeback. Of course, especially being early on in the second half, and it just it felt like it felt. Um, yeah, it, it if you if you weren't expecting some sort of comeback, it felt like just, this was just going to be a terrible day at the office, <laughs> and they hadn't they hadn't gotten last not they hadn't gotten last game's loss out of their head. I think Cloutier definitely. There's, there's a lot more there's a lot more positives he can take out and a lot more positives that we can take out because I would rather end strong than end terrible. So there's there's a lot. There's, I mean, in terms of offensively, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, still Orange County don't look they don't look nearly half as good when Seton isn't on the pitch. Like they like they look there's they they just operate better with a front man. And Darwin Jones is not that person to do it. And definitely, definitely agree with you on that. I, it's one of the it's one of the scary things with this club. You know, you have Seaton out here now for two matches in a row, and the team is still struggling a little bit to figure out what to do up there in his in his absence. Yeah, and but but it just it feels like they need to get him back sooner rather than later. Uh, definitely. I, I think, I don't think you'll find anyone that's agree with you on that statement. That's probably the statement of the year right there. Uh, Cameron, uh, Alan, 
to you because if you're like me, you you didn't get to watch it at the stadium. You were watching on the ESPN Plus stream. Uh, you probably heard when the uh, the the announcing team on the game sort of made the comment: three matches for Orange County, three separate or three different back lines. Um, probably part of the struggles that we're seeing with this team is we haven't yet found that steady. I know we're only three matches in, but we haven't found this steady, consistent lineup where you're only making one or two changes in there. I mean, this match was a complete overhaul from what we saw the previous match. Uh, do you think that had anything to play with uh, the first half uh, struggles for Orange County? No, I mean, it's it's like watching Jekyll and Hyde. It's the craziest thing in the world. It's like two, like literally two different teams. I wrote this in the power rankings. It's like one half, they're like one of the worst teams. The second half, I would put them, you know, top 10 in the league, the way they were playing the second half. And I don't know if that's like New Mexico getting tired and Orange County kind of just playing with the ball a little bit more. Um I mean, you have to give tip your hat to Santi Moore. His form right now is out of this world. That guy just scores. It's like the first one, you're like, ugh. And then the second one goes in, you're like, all right, well, you know, Dylan already warned me, hey, don't watch the first half. <laughs> but I did anyway. I tortured myself. Um, yeah, I, I really hope that that save in the second half sparked something in them that, hey, we have a goalie who's going to make some saves. We have a back line that's, you know, confident and can score. Um, I think I think uh, El Paso is going to give a good chance to kind of pull the wagons together, if you will, uh, and kind of just put something together. I think El Paso, they're not a bad team, but they're definitely a team that they should beat. And I think that might gain, give them some confidence and finally get a W on the board. So let's let's talk about this. Um you know, the, the, the switch between the first and the second half, I think Cameron sort of uh, got it right there on the nail there with uh, the Liam Trotter sub uh, made a big difference for this team. I know watching the broadcast on ESPN plus the announcer sort of questioned the move, bringing in Trotter for uh, Koji Hashimoto. Uh, you know, it's one of those things when, once he got into the match, uh, you could see just this different level of composure out there compared to almost any player that was on the pitch. I think, compared to everyone on the pitch Trotter was on this other level of, of, you know, just steady, calm, uh, doing what you need to do in the match. I, I think him coming from playing in England in the, you know, the, the more challenging leagues in England, the, the, the lower leagues in England, that is a different atmosphere than what you have here. And he's had a solid career out there. He comes out here. I, I think that move is the move of the match for orange County. Uh, it totally changed the complexion of the match. Oh, and by the way, just listening again with this is what the announcers were saying on the on the broadcast is this seems to be something that New Mexico is already starting to be known for in the in in the early season is getting an early lead and then just sort of maybe sitting on it uh, instead of maybe going for the jugular and just trying to take the team out when you have that two goal lead, go for that last goal to just sort of knock them out. Uh, Dylan, what are your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, I think that's exactly what. Um, New Mexico's issue has been drawing is that they they build up a lead and then rather than keep playing and and go for the jugular as you said they sit back and park the bus and try and play Mourinho ball and uh, the worst kind of ball there is yes and they're not good enough defensively to do it so they keep squandering these leads which I guess is awesome if you're not a fan of New Mexico because it means your team has a good chance especially if they've got a lot of attacking firepower and they're comfortable on the ball um probably not great if you are 
New Mexico fan, um, but for neutrals and, and for Orange County fans, and I guess Phoenix fans as well, it's it's awesome. But it really was the tale of two different teams, um, and it was weird that this guy that we all kind of thought was going to be like washed up and slow and we were all confused about the signing. <laughs> yeah, people were in. making fun of from AFC Wimbledon. They were like celebrating. Like they basically were celebrating their team didn't sign someone. They were celebrating that someone signed someone from their team. Uh, I guess that they just really disliked it. To yeah, put it well, in nice they, terms. they were at the floor of League One, and I think they still might be at the floor of League One. And so they were right. Although they have been playing better. They have been playing better. Yes, they have. Um, Sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, it's okay. Um, but there's, there's, there's second, there's second to bottom. Ooh, the great escape is on. Who's bottom now? Bradford city. F. Um, yeah. So I think they were excited to get rid of him, but then all of a sudden this guy doesn't need to move very much. Doesn't need to get up and down the pitch very quickly. If we're going to play these really intense periods where we're going to press teams into their box, this is exactly the guy I want on the pitch for that. Because his mobility isn't as important during that. Just his physicality. And his physicality and his ball control and his ability to pass is just, oh, God. It was nice we'll, to we'll, watch that. We'll get to that, we'll get to that uh, game equalizing play right there uh, shortly. I want to get over to you really quick, Alan. What are your thoughts on all of that with uh, just the way New Mexico seems to like to just sit on the ball once they build up a, a, a lead there? Is that really what they should be doing? Or I, I guess, is it that a, is that a gift to the rest of the league whenever you're playing New Mexico? You know, uh, they're going to go up early and then you can always, you always have a chance to fight back. I think with some of the offensive guys that got going, I think they could have pressed even more. Um, I do think that team can't sit back and defend uh, very, I shouldn't say very well. They, should, they shouldn't sit back and defend. Some teams just need to be on the front foot the whole time. Um, I, you know, the Liam Trotter shout, like I literally saw him. I'm like, I saw like, there was a kind of like a hard foul. I'm like, dude is playing for keeps right now. He is like that big bruiser. New Mexico is a little bit tired. They're on the ropes. He just came in and just like that physical presence just kind of beat him up a little bit too. So it wasn't just his passing. I thought I was like, man, this is a dude. Well, and that, that foul you're talking about, I thought, I think it's very funny because that foul you're talking about, you could see it in his face. Like after the foul was called, like he didn't give a, you you know what? He's just like, come on, let's just keep going, man. He was, he wasn't, he didn't care what the ref had to say. No, he was definitely, he was like, I'm, I'm not here to play with little kids. I'm here to play with men. And I think that speaks to, you know, what coach talked about last week. He's like, I watched these guys are out here like a youth soccer team. And I think Trotter really kind of personified that sometimes you got to play a little bit rough, a little bit more like the East Coast style, like St. Louis, um, just kind of a little bit like, I don't want to say smash mouth. That's not the right word. Just a little bit tough, a little bit gritty. Um, to kind of change the the narrative from time to time. You can't just play, you know, um, can't just brush your teeth. <laughs> um, let's let's talk about this really quick then. Um, dude, now I just totally lost my train of thought because of that buzz that I heard. Um, oh, okay, here's where we're going to go to next. Uh, you know, last episode, I wish I would have actually got this clip because I think it was myself, me, last episode, I said, we need a change at goalie. I don't care how Lopez or how uh, yeah Lopez had played in the first two matches. We needed a change after that match, and I I don't remember if any of you were sort of like questioning that. Like, yes, we need it. 
Uh, but lo and behold, when the lineups were announced, we found out Cervantes was going to be making his professional debut. Uh, yes. And it was like three days after turning 17. So what a what better way to turn 17 than making your professional soccer debut? Uh, Dylan, did you – I mean, when we talked last week, did you have any thoughts that Cervantes would actually be starting this match, or was that sort of a, more of a pipe dream of mine? Uh, I think everyone in the organization and the fans all thought – probably everyone in the league thought that Cervantes needed a chance because that showing against Tulsa was – abysmal um and i think that's the kind of performance you can drop someone for and it worked out and cervantes stepped up so no i don't think it was just you i think it was probably everyone involved with the club in any capacity were were uh cameron or alan were either of you shocked to see cervantes as the starting goalie at age 17 no i was not shocked (laughs) I, I, I think that was me trying this again before Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might, I, I thought they might have waited one more week against El Paso, uh, but I thought they were going to give the kid a, a chance at some point in the first couple of matches. And, and can we just say this? I mean, yeah, I know he gave up two goals early on in the match, but really when you look at those two goals, that first goal, I don't think anyone would have saved that first goal. That was just a perfectly placed ball in the upper upper corner of the net and the second goal i mean really more to blame on kevin alston than on on cervantes yeah cervantes hesitated a little bit but as captain of the team kevin alston has to know you can't lazily throw a ball or pass a ball back to your goalkeeper who's making his debut debut you need to get it to him um so i really look at what cervantes did and then the the awesome save he made in the second half i mean he had a pretty solid start for your debut again at 17 years old uh, I don't care what level you're on. That's a that's a pretty big performance for him. Uh, what are your thoughts, Dylan? Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was glad that he was getting the nod uh, on Saturday, and I think Cluvier last week. I think his words were, um, "We're going to sort this out really quickly," and I assumed some of that what was it sorted out really quick. No, no adverb at the end of that. <laughs> um, and he. Did. It wasn't the lineup that I expected to sort that out. Um, I, I assume Aiden Quinn was injured because he wasn't in the 18, but of course we didn't hear anything. Um, club definitely didn't say anything. Which, so I mean, we was, never hear anything when there's injuries, so. Yeah, it was a bit of a weird, uh, but that was that the happy surprise for Saturday night. And then he was strong. He looked really comfortable. Um, you could tell that he's worked with the guys in front of him. Um, and you could tell that he's comfortable with them. And yeah, it was essentially the defense didn't mark anyone for a cross, and there was a free header, and then there was just a sloppy back pass. Um, but the team got together right after that back pass. I don't know if you could have seen this on ESPN, but while um, Freighter and New Mexico were celebrating in the corner, they had a good amount of time to... Uh, all get their heads together and, and kind of try and galvanize things and, and stop the bleeding. Um, and they managed to do that and make it through the next few minutes without conceding and then really showed up that second half. That being said, I really don't want to know what it was like in that locker room at halftime <laughs> because Cloutier scares me uh, when he's happy at the end of a match. And, and any any time that I have interacted with him, he scares me, and I can't imagine him angry. 
Well, I, I think, yeah, after the match, I think I, I know I am, and I'm sure Dylan, you're in the same uh, situation. It's sort of scary to ask him or even ask the club, Hey, can I spoke, speak with coach, especially after a big loss? Um, I'm going to get to Cameron and Alan about what their thoughts are on the, on Cervantes, Cervantes, Cervantes. How, I don't know the, the plural that you add that to my, my upcoming <laughs> glossary of mess ups when it comes to what I say. But before I get to Alan and Cameron, uh, Dylan got a chance to speak to uh, Cervantes after the match, and this is what he had to say. Professional debut. Uh, how much? How much does that mean, just on its own, to you? Uh, I just came into this game thinking about uh, it's just another game, thinking about uh, just going into it like it's a national team game almost. Just same approach as I go into any game, and just confident. Yeah. How pleased are you with the the team's second half fight back? I mean, we, you made some pretty big saves to to keep us in it. Yeah, we came we came out good second half. We came out much better strong i mean i wish we got the result at home but it was a good fight to get back to the tie still not pleased with the tie though and then um what are you looking for 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 games in the future trying to be the starter i I love the way that ended that was an awesome last question to ask there dylan what's you know what what to look for in the future he was really feeling it he He wants that job you can tell he wants look on his face and i was just like i'm all for this right now like you absolutely like live it up, eat it up, and on this because you deserve it. So, Cameron, let me ask you: Is is the job now Cervantes uh, as a starter, uh, and he has to do something really bad to give it up, or does Lopez have any shot of getting back out there? Well, I think I think that Cervantes was much more composed than Lopez. I think so. You can tell just night and day how much talent Cervantes has and how little talent that Lopez has. Yeah, yeah it's pretty. I mean, that's pretty harsh, but from my from my end, but clearly Cervantes is looks better trained. But I I think that he's the starter unless Orange County make another signature at goalkeeper, and well, you know that's he's he's a starter until something happens until until they make a goalkeeper signing. What about you, Alan? What are your thoughts? Well, he has a hundred percent more saves. Uh, he has two to uh, one, uh, and he is also up for goal uh, for save of the week. And right now, he is at forty four percent of the votes, uh, and and pretty clearly ahead of uh, Logan Ketterer from El Paso. So those are two really cool things. Uh, I think he earns another spot, another shot at starting. See how he does against El Paso. And I think it's his to lose. Um, definitely his to lose. Now, you talked about the the nomination for save of the of the week, uh, and thanks for bringing up the stats of where he's sitting right now. I, I think we were talking before we got started. I know you weren't on here yet with us, Alan, but I know Cameron, Dylan, and I were talking. I mean, this, I mean, USL can't ask for a better like storyline uh, than getting a debut who just celebrated his. 17th birthday and by the way made an awesome save in a match i mean they couldn't have queued it up any better than than having that as one of the nominees for uh for goal of the week right dylan yeah sorry i was typing something really stupid in the chat as if it was a movie um like trailer where they do like the summer and then there's like the the horn the really low-pitched horn and then it's just a bunch of cuts really quickly but no basically unless we'd won and he'd gotten a shout out. You you don't top that. And uh, I I'll ask all three of you: uh, Are any of those goals? 
can, can you even attribute any of those goals to Aaron Cervantes or was it pretty much all out of his hand with what happened on the, on the pitch and how those, uh, those goals came for, for New Mexico? Cameron, I'll start with you. Well, the first goal was terrible defending by the center backs. I mean, when the goal was scored, it was two unmarked New Mexico forwards. And there's nothing Aaron can do on that. That's all defense. And yeah, poor marking, poor setup. That, that, yeah, that was the name of the first goal. The second goal, uh, not, there's no real, you know, blunt error from Cervantes. Maybe he could have done a bit better, but, you know, I think both goals were not his fault. And whereas, you know, last game, <laughs> the second goal by Lopez was clearly his fault. So that is, I think we, we can, I think we can give Cervantes a pass. I really now want to know what Lopez did to you, Cameron, because you seem to just have this thing uh, going against uh, him. No, I'm just joking. Uh, Al, let me jump to you. Uh, same question as as far as the two goals Cervantes did, uh, you know, allow. Would you be able to put any blame on him for either of those matches or either of those goals? No. Uh, yeah, the first one, definitely he's not getting to that. Um, the second yeah. one, he did take like, on a weird path to the ball, like he was going to try and kick it. So he kind of came to his left of the ball. But, I mean, I watched, what was it, Nashville Red Bulls, and this happened to both goalies, and both goalies, you know, one of them made a mess of it and ended up giving up a goal. So a bad head pass back to the goalie, even Van Dyke to Allison the other day against, I remember who Liverpool was playing. Like, these are world-class guys, and these happened to hit them and give up a goal. So I'm not going to fault a kid who's 17 for giving up a goal that Allison gave up in the Premier League. Well, and especially like when it's coming from the captain of the team and someone that is probably the most solid, you know, player. I, I don't think any of us would look at that play or that pass from Kevin Alston and really have ever thought that would be what we'd get out of him in, in that situation. I, I'm not saying this is sort of what Kevin Alston is. I mean, it's just, it's a, a mistake. Everyone can make mistakes. Even the best players in the world do. Uh, so I think that's where the shot came from some of that. Dylan, I, I think you already shared your thoughts on that, but I don't know if you want to elaborate more on um, whether either of those two goals you really can put blame. Um, no, I have to follow both of those things. Okay. I mean, okay. Alston knew it was a bad back pass, and that that's life. Mistakes happen. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and his reaction, if you're watching the ESPN stream, like once he makes that pass and he sees what's happened, I mean, you the camera angle is just like his back just like and then you see the action going beyond that and you could just see like he pretty much knows that he just basically uh, effed it up at that point and there's really nothing that could be done and, and i'm sure he felt bad about it it was slightly after he had taken a little knock after a challenge from a new mexico player so who knows if that had anything to do with what happened there um but importantly you know he put his head down and he got to work until he got subbed off and, and yeah. he moved that up from there so he is still, you know, he made a mistake, but he's still the consummate professional. Yeah, I, I just was seeing the chat uh, that Alan just posted up there. Yeah, if, if this whole story with Cervantes, if he wins the, the save of the week and maybe eventually we go on and we're somehow champions and he's the league MVP because of what he does, that would be a perfect movie, you know, trailer or movie poster. Just that shot of of what happened there or something like that. Maybe just in, instead with Aaron making a great save. Um Let's get into the goals that Orange County scored. Uh, the first one of the match probably, uh, I don't know if you guys will agree with me, but came from who has been the shining star for Orange County, at least through the first three matches, and that was Darwin Jones. 
Um, probably was going to go in anyways from the initial touch. I forget exactly who it was that made the initial touch, but Darwin Jones just sort of tapped it in right at the goal line. Um, sort of sparked the team. Uh, this was this came shortly after the Cervantes save, which sort of initiated the spark. And then this goal, you can see the team now sensed that there there is a chance that they can come back, and you can see them putting the uh, putting a little bit more pressure on New Mexico. Um, let me go to you, Alan, because I haven't heard your voice for a few moments here. Uh, what are your thoughts on on just that sort of setup there? Um, yeah, it was kind of a a lot of what felt like the tide was eventually going to turn. Um, I was hopeful that something was going to happen. Um, yeah, I don't know if you needed to put that in, but I don't think you leave any doubts. You're down two two nil. Two nothing, two nil. I don't know how you say it. Um, and I think you put that in regardless. Like if it's on the goal line, there's a, a New Mexico defender there who I've seen those things get punched out centimeters from going over. So you got to kick that thing in when you got a chance. What about you, Cameron? Um, what did you think of that uh, that Darwin Jones goal? I mean, I was talking to Chad in the press box, and I said, Darwin Jones looks like a lost man out there. And then when I said it, he put the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think apart from that goal, I really didn't think he played that well, but I don't think it was his fault. It's just he's not a center forward, and he, he played a lot better when Seaton was on the field. So it's, you know, he. I mean, I'm happy that he got the goal that kick-started the com- comeback, but just – for, that, for a good point of that game, he was rather anonymous. And then let's go to you, Dylan. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, if you're asking a winger to be a number nine, it's not going to go well. Um, but he did a good job of of getting onto Gio's knockdown and, and blasting that home and then just getting back to work. I mean, that's that's all that needed to be done. But there there needs to be some structure up top with a true number nine. And we really don't have one outside of Michael Seaton. And it's it's pretty evident right now um, because, you know, we'll, I don't know if we're playing two up top or, or what we're trying to do um, or if Darwin's going there. But then you've got Forrester that's kind of pushing up there, too, and then they're swapping off. And it, it's just a really confusing thing. So it's basically I feel like Darwin's trying to do two jobs at once, and you really just need Seaton back so that everyone can go back to doing their jobs. I, I think, and we've talked about it a few times here over the last weeks, and I think even when the season was getting started, Dylan, it's just that was a scary part of this roster is there's really no true backup to Michael Seaton. Uh, so in the instance where he gets injured or where he can't play like the last couple of weeks, then you sort of have this um, just sort of let's try so-and-so out there or let's do this, um, and it may or may not work. And unfortunately, we just don't have that player that's the – that can play on the wing and uh, you like, you know, at the number nine position uh, on there, we really don't have that true backup number nine that, you know, last year, if, if Seton's not playing, you have Enavolds and still up, up there, up top that could, uh, that can play in that role. But basically no one can go both ways. I mean, maybe like a, um, like a Marcus Rashford can, can do both, but, um, and then you're, I don't think we can afford Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspur have a Korean player that is sort of the backup to Harry Kane out there, and he does pretty well out there. I thought he was a right winger. Yeah, but when Kane's out, he's the striker. Well, the thing is, they've been playing a four-four-two diamond with Sun playing as a second striker to Kane. Ooh, that's a good. That's a solid. That's a solid formation. 
<laughs> that's why Luton's top of League One right now. Um, let's move on. Uh, after, podcast. I forgot. Sh- <laughs> shortly after that, uh, that Darwin Jones goal, uh, Giovanni Godoy had a chance, literally like six feet from the goal. Somehow, um, skied it like ten feet over the the crossbar. Uh, you guys, uh, I know Dylan and Cameron. You were at the stadium. I mean, am I right in saying it was? pretty far off from even coming close to getting to that goal? I mean, some things are unexplainable, you know? <laughs> I think it's um, harder to miss that shot than it is actually yeah. to make it, right? I mean, it probably is harder, but I mean, it. those kinds of things happen, and it's just, you know, GRG didn't just, he didn't buy a ticket to the gun show. <laughs> and uh, missed it. What about you, Dylan? What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, that that's like what I do. Like if I'm playing like a Sunday league game or something, and I'm for some reason playing up top, that's that's what I end up doing is just skying the ball. But uh, he knew, um, he knew that was a bad miss. But you know, I think he's a little bit more comfortable out on the wing, and I think that's where he's better at playing. And then. And once he was out of that box and and being that primary outlet for that final pass, I think it was a little bit better for us. And I can't remember, but I, for some reason I'm thinking last season, he had a similar situation where he like skied a ball over the crossbar from really close, but maybe I'm just misthinking. I mean, everyone does it. I think. Yeah. Um, Alan, what about you? You watched it on the ESPN plus stream. Uh, Were you shocked that the ball didn't come anywhere near the uh the the goal um i want to say no but i mean we've seen this time and time again you just don't get a clean clean hit on it even if you're right in front of the goal uh you see those like memes it's like a guy and going one-on-one a goalie is like he by the way he doesn't score uh i mean he definitely you gotta make it but you know you can't fault him if things go don't go right that one time uh, looking back on some of the, you know, minute by minute, you know, he comes back after he skies it and puts another one on net or on, on, on the goal. He does it again in the 75th minute. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, you miss one, but you just got to keep taking those shots and eventually they go in. Uh, and, and eventually later on, you know, when I'm talking about later on, I'm talking about stoppage time. Orange County was able to finally find the equalizer on just a beautiful just set of movements going on. Uh, I think it was off a, a free kick, got into the penalty box area. Somehow, uh, Liam Trotter, again, who we talked about earlier making his debut, was able to get a nice, like, over-the-shoulder pass that just landed right at the head uh, of Leonardo. Again, another player making his debut with the team. And Leonardo, I, I, I've never really seen a header from that area, that position with such force get into the back of the net, uh, at least watching orange County soccer club. I can definitely say that. Um, let's just talk about that play. Maybe in, in just, you know, a brief description of your, of how that whole play turned out and what was going on in your mind when that happened. Uh, I'll start off with you, Cameron. Tick, tack, toe. All right. That was probably the simplest answer ever. Um, do you care to elaborate? I mean, what was going on in your mind when just as you saw that play unfolding? I mean, I think it was Trotter who put the ball in 
and I saw I forgot who was I forgot who was on who was unmarked towards the edge of the box, but it's like I'm seeing it like, all right, Liam just ping just pinged a shot, a ping pinged the cross to a guy who was unmarked, and I'm like, all right, he's gonna hit it back in, and then he heads it back. Leonardo puts it in, goal, Bosch, yes, tic tac toe. <laughs> I think Cameron is right now trying to audition for being one of the ESPN Plus announcers because that just sounds like something they would say on the live broadcast. Such an easy job that you have to be able to get. (laughs) I know, Dylan. We'll talk about it because you caught another mistake in this match, I think, with uh, some of the the graphics that was going on. I think they've – they, they haven't quite figured that out yet. But, Dylan, let me ask you about this goal, just sort of the buildup, the play, the outcome. What was your thoughts going on at, uh, out there at the Championship Soccer Stadium? Uh, my thoughts as this play were happening were uh, get to the press box, get to the press box, get to the press <laughs> box. Oh, my God, I need to start writing this recap. Uh, get to the press box. Sprinted up the stairs, threw open the door as this ball gets played in. Trotter, Leonardo, ball in the back of the net tried not to just scream because there was a, a lovely couple <laughs> next to me that were enjoying in like the VIP session. <laughs> I think. Um, and I was trying not to be that guy, uh, trying to be that, that press guy that's supposed to be impartial or whatever. Um, and then immediately having to change what I was writing because all of a sudden we, we just tied it up and thinking, well, I guess we still have that fight in us. How um, fun it was for you to have to pretty much rewrite your whole recap, right? You already probably had it all ready, or at least all in your mind ready, and now you're having to be just totally creative on the fly. Yeah, and people used to complain um, back when uh, Man United had um, Sir, Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson as their manager, and they'd always score in stoppage time, and, and all the press would get pissed off because they have to... <laughs> restart all of their stuff and that's basically what happened to me um but i was glad to have to rewrite everything let me put it that way (laughs) and we have that fight back so if we could figure out how to play 90 minutes we'll be we'll be ace and Ah. and, uh rgm basically uh, echoed that Uh, and i asked him why the club was trying to kill me um and he said no no no, we'll we'll have it and i said yeah but you're gonna kill me before we we have it sorted like just we're gonna figure out figure out a way to play 90 minutes um but yeah, I think everyone was pretty relieved. What, I think what about, just, oh, go ahead, Cameron. No, I think just being in the press, being in the press box for like every play, yet casting all like that's a foul I just made. Nice. Uh, I just made an, an exp- I made this video explicit content parental <laughs> advisory. Sorry, Ray. <laughs> Cameron's gonna eventually have to get banned um, from this, this podcast. Nine sixteen, so probably so, around forty-four minutes. There we I'm go. On my video that I'm recording, so I'll get that. All right. Yeah. So, but like James and Oliver was yelling constantly about every little tackle, every little foul, and it was hilarious. <laughs> it was. I mean, again, I agree with them on sentiments, but it was like every like five minutes during like the 80th, like every, during the second half, it's just like that's a that's a card, that's a card, that's a card, <laughs> and and I mean, I was like. I agree. I agree on that play, but yes, we'll talk um, about refs here in just a moment. So, but then again, but but again, I apologize for uh, making you put the parental advisory explicit worry, content not, label on the I'm podcast. Gonna so, uh, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. Uh, let me, Alan. Now, can you help give us your thoughts on that without dropping an f bomb? <laughs> well, as a middle school teacher, I'm really good at editing myself. Um, 
No, I think uh, you know you're you're taught if you're the the cross comes in and you're too far away, you put it back across the face of goal. Um, I think the defense one way, the goalie's setting up and he just puts it back, and I think it just opens everything up and allows Leonardo to just head it beautifully home. I was just like, that is gorgeous. I mean, book ending on I know giving. A shout out to New Mexico is not a great thing, but book ending the game with just two beautiful headers um, was absolutely thrilling. I mean, I even even I knew I knew it was going to end up two two because I watched it the next day, and it was just it was still thrilling to watch that ball go in. Perfect. Um, let's do this before we go into our uh, picks for uh, MVP of the match. Let's talk about. Uh, a topic that Dylan and I love to talk about quite often, and that's the referees. Uh, for anyone that, again, goes on and reads some of our contact, uh, I released our The Good, The Bad, The Ugly uh, today, and my ugly portion of it was the referees in this match. Uh, who would have guessed? Uh, here was my complaints about this referee. Uh, a couple of things. A, he did not never once wanted to play the advantage from what I could tell it. It was almost, and, and this is on both teams. I think New Mexico was frustrated with it and orange County was frustrated with it, but in, in a multiple instances when there was an advantage for the team that had been fouled, he still blew the whistle dead, uh, made the, the, the game reset, which that sort of can ruin any kind of flow. And it takes away an awesome advantage for a team. Uh, one of those instances was uh, an instance where orange County, the player got fouled, uh, they had the advantage, but the referee stopped it, didn't care, stopped it. And then in the, the ensuing restart of play, almost instantaneously, Orange County gives the ball away to, to New Mexico and New Mexico gets some sort of, you know, at least break towards the goal. I can't remember the exact outcome of that. The second complaint I had with the referees in this match is for whatever reason, this referee was determined to make the players start play back from like the exact spot where a foul happened. Uh, a lot of times when you watch professional soccer, and I think anyone listening here watches quite a bit of professional soccer, uh, you know, you know, yeah, there's a, a some sort of infraction. And if the ball is restarted like 10 yards back, 15 yards back from the infraction, the ref usually has no problem with that because that's really no advantage for the team uh, in that situation. But for whatever reason, this ref in this match was determined that any foul, you had to like pretty much be like an inch away from where the, the, the infraction happened. I don't know if I'm being way over picking on this or if I'm just, uh, I'm seeing something completely different from what anyone else is seeing. But uh, I, I want to ask you guys, do you guys sort of agree with that analysis of what was going on? And and really, I guess my big question is, what the heck was the ref thinking in that match? I, I'm going to start with Dylan uh, on this question. Well, like I said earlier, I'm a good camera. No, Alex. <laughs> no, there is some uh, stuff on uh, Netflix. <laughs> I women like the band with uh, Chris Christopherson and Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash and. Uh, yeah, it says the what? It's just it's just the Highwaymen. <laughs> we'll get back to this in a minute. I'm amazed I did not blow a blood vessel in my eye during this game. I was losing my freaking mind. Um. And then I think earlier this week on Facebook, there was discussion about not <clears throat> verbally abusing the referees the whole game. So I'll have to. Uh, this is after the game. We're myself. talking about it after the game now, right? Yeah. So I'll have to watch myself going forward. But it was really bad refereeing. It was, I guess, consistent because it was terrible. But it was just ridiculous that 
no advantage ever got played. There were repeated fouls that, you know, I think it was seven or eight fouls on um, Freighter before he got a card. And I was like, what is it? What does it take? You know, it's like four or five, maybe. It was surreal um, and extremely frustrating. And I'm kind of amazed he didn't really lose control of that game and let tempers flare and watch something crazy happen because New Mexico has picked up a lot of cards. I think they probably still lead the league. I think they're at 12 right now. They probably still lead the league in yellows. I'm amazed no one's picked up a red yet. I just... It was terrible. It was so frustrating to watch happen. Well, let me do this. Let me uh, ask our friend who is sitting quietly waiting to share his thoughts. Alan, uh, what are your thoughts on the the refereeing in this match? And did you see the same type of stuff I was seeing as you watched the match? I noticed a lot about the – it was like, no, not that blade of grass, that blade of grass. That's where the foul <laughs> happened. You need to move back or up. It's like – yeah, the ball goes backwards, you stop it, you keep going, and usually everyone's fine with it. But, yeah, it was super, like, I didn't notice the advantages as much um, as the the just the OCD nature of where exactly the foul happened, the ball had to start there. And I, it was mind-blowing how many times he stopped and restarted. It's like, you're, what? What I just it was incomprehensible. <laughs> and you could have probably added 10 minutes to the end of the game because of exactly that, like how long it took to get things restarted after the ref like made the players reposition like four or five times on certain instances because they weren't in the exact spot. Uh Mr. Noisy over there, Cameron, what are your thoughts on this topic? Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me was advantage playing. I think he just it was like there were times where he could have had a break, but he called it back. And I'm just thinking, wow, that sucks. <laughs> and it's just like, I mean, I guess just it's since it's like United States soccer referees, I think, I think, I think we kind of get what we're paying for here. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, it's not, it, yeah. Freighter should have gotten a yellow card. I mean, yeah, you like he. I think he. I felt he was. He didn't want to be the bad guy. I think. I think he. Just, I think he went in that game knowing that he did not want to be the bad guy. So he let a lot of things go. You know, he wasn't going to give team an unfair advantage, like like quote unquote like advantage. I think he was so he was trying so hard not to be the bad guy that night. Here, here's my thought. On it. I, I think his like brand new girlfriend was watching a match and he was trying to impress her by showing like how like dominant he could be out there on the pitch. I mean, that's my only thing I can think of on this because there was no excuse for that many uh, instances where he's like forcing players to move the ball like a few feet because that's where the foul happened. The advantage is that he was basically he, he didn't care about. And then, yeah, there were some fouls where it obviously looked like a foul and nothing was called. And then other instances where he's like, okay, I'll finally blow my whistle here. So um, for matter, we're going to sort of skip past this subject. Now we got, I got to vent it out. You guys got to share your thoughts. Uh, let's get into uh, MVPs of this match against New Mexico. Um, just let me know who you thought the MVP was. Cameron, and go a, first. a brief reason why Cameron go for it. 
I think my man of the match uh, was Aaron Cervantes. I think if he didn't make that save early in the second half, I think the game would have been way too out of reach for Orange County. And I think, yeah, he, I think he had a composed performance. He did really well, commanded the box really well. And yeah, I think just he gave us that chance to draw a level at 2 2. What about you, Alan? Um, I'm going to give it to Liam Trotter. I think coming on, I think he kind of reestablished the momentum for Orange County and a physical presence and then, you know, putting that header across uh, to get them back to a draw. Dylan, what about you? Uh, also, Liam Trotter. And if you go on the USL website to try and look up his stats and you click on Liam Trotter, it brings you Giovanni Ramos Godoy's stats. <laughs> well, actually, it brings up those stats and then it brings up Liam Trotter's statistics. So apparently Liam Trotter is 23 um, and <laughs> six foot 160, but ah, he was, he was really great. Um, came on passing was excellent. Obviously that assist was pretty good. Um, picked up a couple fouls. It was, it was good. Or, you know, he drew a couple fouls. Um, that's what you want out of a guy to come in and he hasn't played in a, God, I think almost three months now comes in no issues solid thrilled. it's, it's got to be him and that's not discounting Aaron because Aaron had an amazing game as the debut but I know you're gonna give it to Aaron so 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 you said Trotter's page on the USL website is showing like Godoy's player profile player profile but it's actually the, the Trotter statistics stat. are Liam Trotter so uh yeah I thought you were going to give me a chance Ooh, to say, hey, uh, I thought you were going to give me a chance to say, hey, come on over and check our website where we uh, post the player stats and, and have the correct player stats with the correct player. But it is what it is. Well, um, you yeah. have to do that anyway. <laughs> and, and you got it right, Dylan. It's uh, my pick was going to be Aaron Cervantes. Uh, I, I think uh, I agree with Cameron. That save he made early in the second half is basically what kept us in the match. If he doesn't make that save, uh, again, that save that's nominated for goal of the week, currently leading for goal of the week, but don't let that uh, stop you from continuing to vote because he he deserves to win it. But without that save, the Liam Trotter sub doesn't mean anything for Orange County. Orange County pretty much uh, concedes this game. So that save kept them in it and allowed them to come back and at least get a point. So yes, they're still searching for a win, but a point is better than zero points. Uh, and um, hopefully they can pick up a full three points, their first victory of the season. In the next match against another new team in the league, El Paso Locomotive FC, or EPLFC, if we want to go crazy with uh, acronyms and whatnot. Uh, I have no idea what to expect out of El Paso. I haven't watched any of their matches this season, so I'm going to just throw it out there as sort of this open discussion from all of y'all, and we can just keep this brief unless someone really feels they're an, an, an expert on this team. Um, what does anyone know what to expect out of El Paso in this match? Yeah. Not a lot of greatness. Um, they gave up a two goal lead to uh, bottom of the table, Rio Grande Valley okay. in the final, I think 10 minutes, 79th and 90th minute to just to throw a game away. Um, you almost scared me there, Dylan. You almost scared me when you said nothingness and that they gave up a two goal lead because uh, we gave up a five goal lead. But yeah, our five we gave goal up lead. a two goal lead. We uh, oh two goal lead. Yeah, we did. yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, they yeah, have one point, 
They're not very good. They could yeah. not manage to El, beat El, El, El Paso are a train wreck. Good one. And they couldn't manage to beat the Monarchs, who played with 10 men for 60 minutes. They're yeah. not very great. That was their one point. They're worse than us, which is amazing. Did Cameron just drop that, like... I'm, okay, it's a weak pun slash dad joke. Does that become does that become our podcast title? I I just have to question it. I I think we might get more if El Paso enemies. Week, we might yes. get more El Paso enemies than Phoenix enemies, which would be surprising. But uh, let's be nice to El Paso because this is our first time facing them. Uh, I actually yeah. I actually did try I actually did try to get their podcast one of their hosts on their podcast on to to share any knowledge of El Paso because I really have nothing. Uh, that I know of this team, but unfortunately, scheduling issues. They record around the same time we record. Uh, it couldn't quite work out. Alan, let me get to you. Do you know anything about the El Paso team that you could share? No, I know <laughs> that they're not great. Uh, they're yeah, their one point was a draw, a nil-nil draw against uh, the Monarchs. They lost three-one against OKC. Um, yeah, I I don't see a whole lot there. Uh, they're not a New Mexico. Um, expansion franchise. Uh, they're definitely a not the great. Yeah, they're definitely at the bottom. Uh, so if we don't pull out a win here, there's going to be a lot of question marks at the end of the game about who we should have on the pitch. Um, yeah, but they have a British manager, so that, they clearly know what's happening. That gives you a couple bonus points in the game of life uh, or soccer life or whatever. So what having an English accent. Yeah. I think it does <laughs> give you a few bonus points. I'm a little scared though. Now that we've talked about El Paso, cause it, you know, last season we had this sort of like orange and black soccer cast, uh, confident curse type thing where anytime Dylan and I were very confident in what would happen in a match, the opposite happened. Uh, I don't know if you guys have at all confidently said, that orange you said that was win. over. You were like, "No, we're fine. We got this. We're gonna destroy." And what happened? And what happened? And what happened? Done. Yes, look what I did for being so confident that it was over. Um, okay, since since we don't have much to talk about with El Paso, because none of us really know more than just sort of what we can see on uh, results and stats, do we want to just go into our uh, predictions as far as uh, the score and? Maybe who the the key player for Orange County will be. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right, Cameron. Since you uh, responded first, you can answer. What do you think the score is going to be, and who do you think is going to be uh, the star for Orange County or the key player for Orange County? Trotter starts two nil Orange County. Um, Alan, how about you? I'm going to go two one, and I think uh, Darwin Jones does all right this time. Dylan. I'm going to say Seton's back. Trotter starts. Plays a half. Zen. 3-1 Orange County. All right. Uh, man, see, you guys are now scaring me because you guys all picked Orange County to win. You guys all said it pretty faith. You guys all said it pretty confidently, so I'm just, I don't want to jinx the club. I'm going to say 1-0 Orange County. Uh, and the goal will be from Harry Forrester, and he'll be the star of the match for the team. Uh, let's do this. Uh, let's get into any other soccer-related news that anyone wants to talk about. I know, Alan, you mentioned you watched some U.S. soccer. I don't know if you want to share what you saw with that 
or if there's anything else anyone wants to talk about soccer related. If you yeah, want, first. yeah, if you want to watch the first half, it's actually kind of fun. Um, the second half was a snooze fest. So you can find the U.S. men's national team against Chile. Uh, it is kind of an open first half and then just so boring second half. Um, Pulisic scores uh, for the first time in forever, but then has to leave with a precautionary injury. So pretty, pretty typical. How about uh, Cameron? Do you have anything uh, soccer related you want to talk about? Ooh, a Tottenham's new stadium. First, uh, first, first. Uh, st- say it, say it louder for the people in the back, Dylan. <laughs> no one cares. Sorry, Andy. Yeah, people, <laughs> people do care. People do care. But, no, it's it's a beautiful stadium. It's a beautiful it's, stadium. It's it's the nicest stadium in the Premier League. You know, it. How first could it be that if they've never played a game in it? It's coming, Crystal Palace, April third. I'm yes. just playing devil's advocate. I really don't care about this stadium. It's a beautiful stadium. Dylan, we're going to take our profits from this podcast eventually, and we'll take a trip to the stadium, and, and, and you'll get to watch Fine, we'll, we'll stadium news after beautiful. Cameron. <laughs> we'll, 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 fund, we'll fund the cheese room. Yeah, they can't. They nix that. Oh, God. Um, All right, Cameron. Is this we should, it? Is it? No, just no, no, no. We, we, should, we should, Cameron, what we'll do is that's what I'm going to funnel our profits on from this podcast is we will sponsor the cheese room. It'll be the yeah. Orange and Black Soccer Cast Cheese Room at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. That'll be the name of the room. The, that's perfect <laughs> Dylan you're getting a little uh, antsy or frustrated or whatever yeah, it is he's, 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 he's about Sorry. as frustrated at me as he is the refs on Saturday nights let's talk about Luton Town if you want to Dylan bring up that great yeah movie. I've got news about a team that no one cares about Luton Town <laughs> is getting a new stadium and it's well needed the, they're copying Tottenham and Tottenham gets a new stadium. Luton Town gets a new stadium. Also, Luton Town, top of League One, five points, seven matches to go. They have not lost a game since the 13th of October. Dylan's getting excited. They've got plus 45 goal difference. They're going up. Consecutive promotions. It's crazy. (laughs) Sunderland is in fourth place in this division. Portsmouth in third place in this division. It's insane. (laughs) They're going to be uh, the new Giants. It's insane. Yes, I'm so yeah. excited for next year. Got that what? ESPN Plus. Going to watch those games. Oh, man. I, oh, God. Yeah, it's exciting. They're getting a new stadium after so you get to watch seven years. You'll get to watch them for one season, and they'll drop back down to League One, and you'll still you'll be without them again. So. Oh, and they're doing this without gambling money. So that's pretty solid, too. Who uses gambling money for anything? Like half of the Prem teams. Okay, not Tottenham. They don't use it. Have to have money to begin <laughs> with. They have money. They just don't use it. Uh, <laughs> let, let's get into uh, our wrap up here. Let's get into our random thoughts. Uh, we'll, we'll go back around the horn here, and we'll go to you, Alan. Uh, do you have any random thoughts to share this weekend? Yeah, I watched. Uh, I finished Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime and uh, enjoyed watching. Uh, what John Krasinski or whatever you say his name is, be Jack Ryan, and it was relatively enjoyable. I'm mean, enjoying my spring break, catching up on moderately entertaining television. Now, when you were watching that, uh, don't you just automatically think of The Office when you see his face and when you hear him talk? 
I do, and it's super weird because he's like <laughs> shoots people, and I'm like, whoa, this is Pam would not approve. As I say, where's Pam Beasley when all this is going on, right? right? Or not Michael, approved. Uh, you know, yeah, he's the real agent, Michael Scarn. Yes, Michael Scarn. <laughs> That's they, they need to come up with that show, that the Michael Scarn show. Oh, uh, uh, Cameron, what do you got random for us? I, this is always an adventure. What do you got for us? Oh man. I thought you were going to go to Dylan next. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, before, you, before you get started, before you get started, Cameron, we do need to start. And I saw this in the comments earlier. We need to start on our next episode that Cameron's on. Where in the house is Cameron Millage? Is that I his made, last name? I already Cameron's. made that joke. I know you did, but I'm saying it because there's some people that only listen to our podcast. so They're not going to see the chat that you have there. Or did you actually say it vocally? Wait, what? I'm. We're confused now. All right, you're talking, Billy, you're talking to me. <laughs> Cameron, go. Your random right. thought for this week. <laughs> All right. Don't I mean, hurry. <laughs> I mean, I was I was subbing today at Travis Ranch Middle School, and one of my students flat out said, "Do you work at Nordstrom?" I was like, "No," because she's like, "Well, you look like you do." <laughs> And I was wearing a floral print shirt with a denim jacket, rolled up jeans and Adidas. And I guess that's what people at Nordstrom go to work with. Yeah, we had a different, were... uh, different adjective for kids that dress like that in high school when I was there. But... <laughs> a denim I mean, jacket? Really? Yeah, I, yeah, I have. I've, Dude, I've long brought... live linen. What? I can't. Ray, I'm so betrayed right now. Long live the denim jacket, man. <laughs> Holy wearing one next next game. You should, man. We should get a we should uh, release a orange and black soccer cast denim jacket that people can buy. I will double denim. Double oh, denim. Control. <laughs> we gotta pull, gotta be gotta be stunned to pull that one off. <laughs> so we know now we can now call Cameron the Nord uh, the Nordstrom worker apparently. Uh, Dylan, what uh, literature are you gonna force down our listeners' throats this week? Wow, I never force anything down because I don't read. <laughs> I don't think no one has ever said no. Scratch that was down. an one, awesome. That was an awesome recommendation, Mister Dylan. One person has one time or a few times ever actually read what I've recommended. But this <laughs> week, despite someone complaining about none of my suggestions ever being happy or comedic, um, I've got Zadie Smith's *The Lazy River*. It was published in the New Yorker. Uh, two years ago um, a little bit of a two-parter but uh, it's actually a really short read well worth reading and um, have at it I think that's the other half is all of Ray's mistakes and then all of <laughs> Dylan's recommendations so you can like go back and let's like put all, all of those beautiful moments together Dylan, you, I mean, um, I'm sorry, Alan. You need to put that book together, and just we'll create that and yeah, man, you're on break. Sell it. I mean, yeah, you got time right now. You can go listen to all thirty something, almost forty episodes of our podcast and figure out every mistake I've made and try and figure out what I was meaning to say. Put a glossary together. That would be awesome. Plus, everyone knows that teachers don't actually work full time. I mean, like you go home at like three p.m., so it's not oh, even whoa. like a real full time job. Whoa. Hey, everyone. Oh, whoa, 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 we can tell that whoa, I'm being whoa. facetious, right? Like, I don't hey, need to make hey, this more hey, clear. You're getting hey, into this now, those, Dylan. To be, fair, to be fair, I'm not a real teacher. I'm a music teacher, and we don't <laughs> even have papers to grade. I mean, we have scores to study, but, I mean, I mean. You just I mean, settle up the same 
four years of stuff and you just rotate through. I'm so, not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I've thought about it. Isn't that isn't that any job? <laughs> well, yeah. The, the best director I know and one of the best directors in Southern California does the same four years of music, and he does it exceptionally well because he knows that music probably better than anyone. So there is some there is some weight to that. Huh, I guess it's my turn, right? Yep. I'm looking at my phone right now because I'm trying to pull up a text that I received. Oh, a few days ago. It's not from me. I think it well it wasn't from you, Dylan, but it was someone that screenshotted a text that you sent to them uh, during the first round of the NCAA tournament. I don't know if you recall oh my the God. text that Give you sent, a Dylan. Break, man. Um, <laughs> it's and I didn't say when. I said if. You know, you didn't say anything about if you said be ready to blank on Ray about UCI. Ha ha ha. And this was during the first round of the NCAA tournament, which for anyone that follows the NCAA tournament, UCI won. Can you give and, them some credit? Hold on. And Hold I will on. appreciate sorry, context. Context. I will appreciate it. it. Was it was I think our friends from Reno, you were like talking behind my back about uh, the tournament, you know, you, you texted out rest in peace, Wolfpack to them. And then you said, be ready to basically laugh at Ray about UCI. When in fact you say I won that first game. Yeah, they did lose the next game pretty badly. Um, but we did win that first game that Dylan was ready to make fun of me on. So Dylan, zot, zot, zot. I'm going to send everyone in my text for the rest of my life with so many expletives that you won't even be able to have any sort of coherent sentence on the podcast if you try and bring them up. I will appreciate it. I don't have the number saved, but whoever texted this in the group text, basically just saying, I just wanted Ray to know that you doubted UCI Dylan. So that would have been Brad Polanski. That would have been Brad Polanski. I didn't save his number with his name. I, I have his number on here. I didn't save his name. So thank you, Brad for sticking up or backing me up on UCI and thank you for sh- calling out Dylan on his uh, ready or willingness to make fun of me about UCI again, Dylan, there you go. Zot, zot, zot. That's not uh, big, I'm going to let Gio like know anti- too. I'm going to let US, USI. UCI. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there you go, buddy. There we go. Wow. I made a mistake. Everyone. The podcast <laughs> is over. It you're turning nice it run. to me. You're turning it to me. I'm going to let Gio know that you doubted UCI. I'm going to let about, uh, Danny Christoma. I'll let him know. I'll let Rafa Espinoza too know uh, yes. that you doubted Thank UCI you. Uh, in the tournament. So unfortunately, UCI, hey, UCI was the last team from California alive in the tournament. Unfortunately, they got knocked out. So how many teams from California were in the tournament? Dose. And the I other was one, expecting one is the answer, so I'll give you that one. <laughs> the other one was St. Mary's, but UCLA, hey, we, we talked about it last week. We locked, we talked about it last week. Remember UCLA, USC? None of the big teams made it. So, well, they're too busy, like you know, trying to find money that shouldn't be in their. <laughs> Ooh, let's not go there. Books. Let's not go there. Oh, that would open up. We should. We. I mean, we could do like a whole like series on that, and, and actually probably make money off of it. It'll be like our cereal. Out. It'll be like the new cereal podcast. Sure. Oh, hold on, Brad just texted me. In oh. y'all's cast here, here in Southern California slash society, we use um, you all or your, not y'all. We use words here, <laughs> not bad conjunctions. All right, Dylan, before you go, like cor- uh, correct literature or verbalness or whatever. Verbalness. Oh, yes. God, you're making Alan work so hard. <laughs> Uh, have you ever thought I just throw up these random words just to do it? I I I think people like hearing my random words, except for I think some people. I I 
I know Andy like tends to like act like he hates it, but I think deep down he like appreciates all the creativeness. I have some of my awesome uh, verbal skills of creating words. You know, uh, rappers nowadays pretty much just create a bunch of random words, put them together, and turn it into a rap song. So I'm that sounds like German, right? And slash or Reno. Jeez, I have Reno on the mind. Let's try and let's try and end this podcast now before we go crazy here. So uh, before we do so. Uh, I know we've done this the last few weeks, but I'm going to give you gentlemen a chance to share where our listeners can find you. Cameron, where can our listeners find all of your wonderful thoughts on social media and the web areas? So on Twitter, you can follow me at what Cameron said, one full word. And on Instagram, at simply known as Cam. Awesome. You were excited about that too. Alan, uh, what about you? Uh, you can hear my verbalosity on Twitter at A Underwood. <laughs> A underwood 48 and um yeah i have other social media but i don't do any of that stuff i'm gonna i'm gonna take that word that's i'm gonna use that like so now i want that word to show up in the oxford dictionary someday um yeah dylan go for it where can our listeners find you on social media you can find me on Twitter at OCSE underscore Dylan, or you can find me on Reddit at OCSE underscore Dylan, or you can find me on SoundCloud. Just kidding. No one's getting that link. Um, so you're yeah, still, everyone have a great week. You're so creative with your, with your usernames too. Uh, for myself, uh, I'm at DJ Ray Samora. You can also follow the Orange and Black Soccer Cast Twitter OCSC underscore soccer cast to find us on Facebook, Orange and Black Soccer Cast. On SoundCloud, you can find us, Orange and Black Soccer Cast. On Instagram, OCSC underscore soccer cast. Our website, www.orangeandblacksoccercast.com. Or if that's too long for you, www.ocscpodcast.com. Or just ocscpodcast.com. You don't need the prefix. No, I want people to type in www. It sounds much cooler. You want the um, HTTPS colon backslash. Always. Hey, yeah, yeah. that S is there. That's a good thing to know if you're listening. We are a secure website. Um, you can also find us on Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm. Not just us, but a bunch of other podcasts on there as well that are mostly USL-based. But there's a lot of other stuff going on. Dylan's oh, typing so crazily how, right how now. Alan's a keyboard, right? <laughs> That's Dylan. That was Dylan typing. Sorry, I was oh, typing how, something in the chat about what Ray had just said, and I forgot. Your to keyboard, your keyboard sounds hella old. <laughs> it is a mechanical keyboard, but it's only two years old. But it's made of aluminum. All right, before we start talking about people's keyboards here, we got to end this podcast. I want to thank Alan Cameron for coming back each and every. Uh, like now, uh, you guys can come back. You know, if you're available in the future, Dylan. Of course, you're here every episode. You're sort of uh, not contract contractedly committed but contractually contractedly i'm gonna bust a blood vessel in my eye now man <laughs> but uh i want to thank all of our listeners that have been listening since day one thanks for coming back each and every episode and, and supporting us for any of you that are listening for the very first time go and check back some of our older episodes you can hear what we've said about stuff in the past season and also earlier on in this season uh, i want to thank um the gentlemen that have joined us today this is the orange and black soccer cast and we are out.
podcasts are a great way for your business to advertise to target audiences. And the Orange and Black Soccer Cast is looking for advertisers like you. If you're interested in advertising your business on our podcast, please email us at info at orangeandblacksoccercast.com. The Orange and Black Soccer Cast has joined forces with many other soccer podcasts, many of them focusing on the USL. We're now part of the Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm.